Welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. This is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The last one. The last one where they're all together, all in that. But I was saying to Maddie as we came out, I was, th I was saying, you know, probably in about another 10 years, they're going to go, let's put the band back together. Because <laughs> they're already talking about putting Iron Man back on the screen in his own film. Oh, yes. Mm. So Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, this has been, James Gunn posted recently about the fact that he always wanted to recreate a Star Wars for this generation. Um, and I, I've always said that I think that this is your generation's Star Wars. It's a space opera, it's camp, it has characters that are sort of, not morally dubious, but their loyalties are to themselves first, and then we've seen across yeah. the three films to the group. Yeah, that's sort yeah. of increased across the films, which is very like Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. sort of similar ilk. But then also... Um, well, they're the very other... like Groot and Rocket, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah, just like Groot and Rocket. Um, and then the other aspect of it all is, is that for a variety of reasons, there's been enforced time between each film yeah so which in your generation's case it's very rare for you to have to wait to something yeah yeah because <laughs> stuff just comes at you so quickly what were you feeling going into this were you, were you I, was, I mean i feel like i'm always a bit nervous especially since the last few marvel films haven't been brilliant so i do worry about getting my hopes up and like True things that. not meeting my expectations but i feel like guardians of the galaxy is like one of those things where i know i won't be completely disappointed at least so i went in really excited um sad that you know it's gonna be the last one of them all together Absolutely. um worried about what was gonna happen in it because you know these trailers have definitely been kind of building up Teen, to a really yeah. sad thing something awful up. yeah exactly so yeah i was going excited we, just before we went in to see it i was talking about the fact that i think marvel is in a total crisis i think they've produced too much stuff They've become obsessed with phase five and how everything fits into each other. And even James Gunn himself, who's now at DC Films, said, you know, there's only so much we can take of big things, smashing big things and, and, and spectacle rather than kind of character. This is very much Rocket Raccoon's film. Yes. This, this is... is kind of like his origin story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really, you know, it starts... And you can tell that because it starts with him and... Yeah. You know, the whole first sequence is Rocket Raccoon. Exactly. The whole first <laughs> sequence is Rocket Raccoon. Exactly. And it starts with him sort of playing music and he's feeling... Is he feeling down? He's sort of well, like... Well, they're singing Creep, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, it starts with Radiohead. Yeah, which is always, always a good thing good, to Always start a good with. sign. I'm a creep, I'm ah. a weirdo. And of course, music is so endemic and important to these films. It's, it's crucial. So really, yeah, the film started with Rocket Raccoon and Sean Gunn, who's the main guy with the funny thing on his head, mm. trying to make his arrow fly. And Star-Lord drunk. Star-Lord, yeah, he's an alcoholic. He's slobbing about, he's doing a Thor. He's going to become a fat Thor. Mm. So yeah, we're sort of in this sort of, is it nowhere? Is that the name of That's the place? The name of the yeah, 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 yeah. So they're kind of in this sort of en enclave. And then suddenly, is it Adam Warlock who smashes him in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's or Adam Panther. Warlock who fatally injures Rocket Raccoon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played by Will Porter. Who was a... He was really good in it. So is he a villain? He was... He starts as a villain and yeah. then isn't a villain? He's I mean, I don't, re I don't really know comic no. lore, but I remember... Um, Patrick being really excited about Adam being in the film, like everyone was ah, being really excited about it. Um, oh, right. But I think they've definitely made him stupid. Like I think in the comics he was a serious, like dangerous right. villain. And yeah, he's incredibly violent but dim, which I, I thought was quite a nice combination. And so yeah, and so really the premise of this film is really that Rocket Raccoon is taken. Well, he, he's fatally wounded, and really the whole film pivots around them having forty-eight hours to yeah. sort of rescue him because he has in his biotechnology. An off switch. Kill switch, yeah. A kill yeah. switch, which they can't access. Yes. So they have to access it. By finding his creator. The creator. Now, this for me is what made this quite, I thought, quite a rich film was the, the you know, you're always wondering, where's the villainy going to come from? Yeah. Where's the kind of evil? Who's the villain? Yeah. What's it going to be? Is it going to be someone wanting to just smash up the world or destroy the world? And no. Well. <laughs> well, well ah, yeah, but he wanted to destroy the world in what way? 
by making it perfect by making it perfect so you had a little bit of what's it called where you you know you want to sort of create human it's a bit it's a little bit like nazi germany it's that idea you wanted of, to be a god really. you wanted to be a god yeah thought it was a god a bit, a bit alien covenant type yeah, thing yeah it's that and i do like that as a, a sort of motivator of yeah. drama yeah that someone is driven by this deluded narcissistic idea that they can achieve perfection yeah and he's achieving perfection around basically maltreating animals yeah this is all about animal, what was it, a vivisection and... Like animal cruelty, animal yeah, cruelty. testing, I guess, all of that kind of... I think it's yeah. quite powerful about all of that. So... It's too much for me, I love my animals. <laughs> as I say, it does the origin story of Rocket Raccoon. And we Which go... was horrific. So yeah, explain that. Yeah. So we go back to him Yeah. in flashback a lot in this film, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. I'd say, like, majority of the film is... Is flashback. ...around his yeah, 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 yeah. flashbacks. And we keep going back and we keep finding out that he is being tampered with by the high ev evolutionary who's the villain, played by Chuck Woody Iwuji. Chuck Woody Iwuji. He was Iwuji. amazing. He's the villain. Really good villain. Oh, my God. I thought he was really actor. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gave... Because he kind of... I think you mentioned this when we came out. He kind of gave a theatrical performance to it, but it was so... Like, I loved it. It really worked. It, with the intensity yes. of his character and, like... I mean, he was Shakespearean. Shakespearean. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he had... I mean, he was so, I mean, I know it's always a kind of pretentious phrase, but this guy is inhabit, I have to, inhabiting the role. I have to say, I think what Marvel gets right very well are these kind of deceptively calm at first, but then increasingly uncontrollable villains. If you think of Thanos. I mean, Thanos is, yeah. Kang the Conqueror. I mean, I know we've got the Jonathan Majors fiasco now. Uh, and this chap, who I, I, I mean, I can't, can't underestimate. Well, see, has he been villain. in other stuff? He has been. I, I recognise him from other stuff, but, but Chuck Woody... Iwuji, Chuck Woody, he's Royal Shakespeare Company. That's where I've seen oh, him. Oh, there we go then. He's the RSC. That will be why it's Shakespearean performance. Oh my God, and he went to Caterham School, which is down the road. Oh my God. He's a local, he's a South East London boy. Oh, we had a lot of go. our Brits in there. Will Poulter as lots well. Lots of Brits. Oh, lots, lots of Brits in there. So he, it's a sensational film. But anyway, there's a lot of Rocket Raccoon as a baby in a cage. Yeah. And I've never been more emotionally moved by a CGI animal in a No, film. me neither. If you think about it, all of those animals were CGI'd and all of those bits were very heavily CGI'd and yet I totally believed it was a real raccoon being. It was quite something. I mean, But that's something that I feel Guardians of the Galaxy has always been able to do, like right from the first film, you know, you cared so deeply about, obviously you cared about all the characters, yeah. but Groot and Rocket Raccoon, who are the two CGI'd one, are like most of the time people's favourites and it's just like, yeah. you're not even there. Not even it's there. crazy. And it's still mad to me that it's Bradley Cooper because it doesn't sound like him whatsoever. <laughs> But the weird thing is James Gunn has precedent with that, doesn't he? Because he also did it with King Shark. He's very good at making yeah, yeah. inanimate things. Uh, there was a dog in this. I think he was less successful with the dog in this. I didn't... Yeah, the dog was in the Christmas special as well. That's right. I'm not... I don't know about anyone else. I'm not 100% convinced by the dog. Right. I didn't really get what his power was or what... I, Te telekinesis. Telekinesis. I don't know. Wasn't vibing its personality, if I'm brutally right, honest. Yeah. So yeah, so we've got these backstories where essentially Rocket Raccoon, he's trapped. He he's part of a batch which is something AI eighty nine or something. He's particularly smart though, isn't he? There was some really wonderful. Yeah. I thought there was a wonderfully tender scene where the high evolutionary has Rocket Raccoon almost on his lap, yeah, like a father with a toddler, and Rocket Raccoon sees a rocket fire off into From space. The sky for the first time. And he's very bright, isn't he? Rocket Raccoon is sharp. Yeah, and I mean we kind of know this. Like, because we knew that he was like smart to a yeah. certain extent from the first one because of how he makes things, but mm. not to this extent. Yeah, like he was smarter than a god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he's like top of the class when it comes to these kind of and evolutionary kind of, yeah. constructed animals. And that's kind of why 
the high evolutionary sent so mad because he's like, how have I created something that is smarter than me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, and yet the high evolutionary also has this sense of he kind of admires it too. Yeah, he, he know, wants you know. his brain to create something again. Exactly. That's better. And so we get this this little clutch of friends. He makes these friends whilst yes, whilst Lila the otter, Teefs. The walrus and Floor the rabbit. Floor the rabbit, which has a sort of cage around it and floppy legs. Uh, like a, yeah, spider the, legs. The it? walrus, who's in a... Did you notice how his eyelids yeah, were pinned open. pinned open? Yeah. And the otter, who has sort of no arms. And, and, and otter was kind of a love interest for Rocket. Yeah, really, definitely. And these were really sweet. This was like sort of AI sci-fi space opera Beatrix Potter. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting all sorts of vibes. There's lots of baby animals in this film to make you go, coo, ooh, ah, all over. Uh, mm. Very, very sweet. And so essentially we have... The Guardians set off in a mission, on a mission to essentially clutch from one of the high evolutionary's henchmen's head <laughs> the tech that's needed to save Rocket Raccoon. I mean, that's yeah, a huge yeah, yeah, containing yeah. of the, of the yeah, plot yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what it's all about. Uh, and we have, as ever, lots of very funny yeah. set pieces. I think... One I of... love Mantis and Drax's relationship. Let's talk about it. And they were brilliant from just the first time they met in the second film, yes. you know, where he's just always saying she was ugly. ugly. Just, like, I just love their I love relationship him. so much. I mean, he's, he's almost, so good. He's, he's just almost, perfect. Yeah, and he's almost kind of doing that thing where there's wonderful scenes like, like where they're all angry and they're trying to pretend to be something. He's like, are we pretending to be angry? Yeah, and, and then he's like... <laughs> and then he had, you know, he had the metaphor quote in one of his other films and now he's dealing with a analogies and he says at one point the great line oh even, even my, my butt can make analogies because he made a poo in the shape of a fish apparently and this is what I, I mean this is what you come to a james gunn film for is this kind of lunacy but i have to say dave batista has absolute comic bones yeah he's just like drax is dave and dave is drax absolutely and, and i loved um i was saying to dad i loved nebula's kind of blossoming of oh, her character yes. in this film because well, i feel like um in the last two films obviously yeah. she was like she was more of a threat in the last two because she wasn't like part of their their group or anything mm. but i feel like she's always kind of been people's character that they didn't really like she's, she's a villain kind of yeah yeah but it was really nice just kind of seeing the softer side her and how close she's gotten to the others and then her kind of banter and relationship with all of them yeah. i just love seeing all those I bits she was quite maternal yeah yeah because she, she, she was looking out for him she I quite like the way they didn't go into any sort of scripted detail on that, but she was looking quite sort of lovingly on. Yeah. The, and how much she cared about Rocket being yes. sort of saved and everything. And then, of course, we've got Gamora back. And so you've got the. I, I, I kind of wanted them to give us a bit more of that. I mean, we've got some of it, but the sort of the idea that she's forgotten their relationship. Do you think yeah. she has forgotten their relationship or is she just saying it? Hmm. I, I don't but think Star so. Lord is wanting to reignite you know, that sort of original connection they had. He's almost hoping that they can repeat it. Like, he says things like, you're going to be able to see how cool I am yeah, for the first yeah. time. I don't mind this. Yeah. But, you know, there's this idea that she can't remember their relationship. And, well, I mean, this is, has to be a spoiler review because you can't, you can't tiptoe around this without giving away some big things. But, you know, I like the fact that it's, it remained unrequited. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. They, uh, there were some obvious kind of narrative choices here that they could have made. And, yeah. And they, and they didn't make them, which I thought was excellent. Yeah. But, I mean, there are so many set pieces in this. Like, for example, what did you think of all the kind of bubbly tech, the kind of biotech of that ship that they went into? Oh, the, like, the kind of skin with, one, with flesh, yeah, fleshy one. Yeah, and, and then they're suddenly, like, when they're sort of in this kind of white place, which is like, it was like bubble-wrapped Star Wars. Yeah, locations. I quite liked it. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. And they're all putting their hands to get through doors. They put their hands in some like ghibli jelly stuff. Jelly stuff, yeah, jelly yeah. Stuff. Uh, and we had some wonder those weird suits of the sort of... Oh, yeah, their suits were so sad. And that guy was so funny, the, like... 
lieutenant, chief, lieutenant. Sort of chief lieutenant who who yeah and those moments what i like about james gunn so there's this moment where he's saying yeah i've got a nephew who's kind of shit that he take he extends the joke that step further than anyone else yeah, would and yeah. i think that's what makes it funny yeah and he managed to i don't know i feel like the guardians of the galaxy's galaxy films have just they're like literally their own genre of humor like no yeah. nobody else does it like it's these true. nothing it's else true. does it like these and films. i found with every single one of the guardians films each time i've watched it a second time it's it's been immeasurably better because yeah, I go into that. every Guardians of the Galaxy film slightly nervous, and so I'm almost pre. I'm because the first one was so good. That so they good, always exactly. And you're thinking, God, I want these three films to really hold together for the mm. rest of eternity. And that's why, although it makes me sad that this is the like last proper one mm. that they're saying so far, um, it kind of makes me glad that they haven't dragged it out like something like Star Wars and all of that because. Always end on a high. It's better to, yeah, keep less is more sometimes. Always leave a party early. Quality, not quantity. Always leave people wanting more. Yeah. Always know when you've hit the top, all those analogies. But yeah, also the soundtrack delivered again in this because that was a major thing for the last two films, how good all of the tracks are in it. And, and really even the ability well. to get nostalgic about the original film soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was great. Now, this film takes us to the edge of trauma and tragedy. It was really dark, this film, I'm going to say. Yeah, there was less humor than because because the, the other two were a lot more mm. they were a lot more funny and kind of all the other stuff was just mm. added in whereas mm. i say this was like a dark film with humor here and there it is really <laughs> like dark. it was really dark it was really messy and up. it is really dark about who you are what you are about the kind of i mean i felt it was very much about our time this idea that you know there is a thing called bio AI and I think this will become a thing and I think Rocket Raccoon this is like an existential film about Rocket Raccoon pondering what the point of him is what he is yeah. why he's in the world and how he's in the world um, and again without giving it away Rocket Rocket Raccoon does deliver in this film but you are you're taken to the very edge of tragedy and yeah, I cried twice so stressful. In this. I cried the whole way through pretty much like all his backstories <laughs> I was sobbing each time it did a back like a Backflash. Back back back. Every time <laughs> back. Um, but I, I would say the one thing that I kind of found the least believable or the moment that I found myself kind of the most bored, I would mm, say, mm. was when they were on the in the world that the high evolutionary had created with animal Earth. people. They just looked too like they had prosthetics on. I'm so pleased you said that. Yeah. It didn't work. And I know they couldn't do all like all of that CGI would have yeah, that would have been a lot, but I don't know. I and I usually prefer keeping it realistic and like makeup and animatronics, but in this case I think they needed to be CGI'd because they just looked too much like they'd had a snout stuck on their face. Yeah, so this is the moment where they land on that sort of counter. Counter earth and they're all the people are animal people. Because the high evolutionary I like this idea though, high evolutionary was so smitten with and interestingly he's an RSC actor, he said the literature, the art, Mm. the creativity on Earth, he he said is second to none in the universe. I love that because I felt like nowhere else is like art. We are the dogs. Um, but he wanted to create a counter-earth. And in that counter-earth, you've got all these people. But you're right. As soon as we start to see their snouts and their faces. And I guess, in a way, it works because it wasn't what he... It wasn't good enough mm, still. Yeah. But I... It wasn't good enough for us. <laughs> it wasn't good enough for us either. No, it just it just was a bit too much of them. And I was just a bit like, mm. you just all look too made up. It, I agree. Considering how good the rest of the film had done all of that kind of stuff, they just looked a bit naff compared to the rest of it. It's like going to a comic con. Yeah, but even then, it was it was nothing like terrible, but it was just a... One yeah, of those I know what you mean. Like, it was a bit eh, saggy there. Look a bit. It was a bit saggy there, and I also think. And it's the thing of when you have that kind of prosthetic makeup on somebody, and then they've just got human eyes. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> like their eyes exactly. just look the same. I tell you what, I was hoping. I thought when they were kind of coming into land in that world, I thought, oh, this is going to intersect with Wonder Vision. 
I thought for a moment they were going to, because it looked like the suburbia oh, of WandaVision. Oh, right. I thought, oh, they're going to land in WandaVision. But, oh, that would have been <laughs> i tell you what I really liked about this film. I like the fact that it didn't interconnect with any of the other films. I mean, I know yeah, characters no, I, have come I, in. I liked that I well. mean, and you said there was there was a moment which I was a bit unclear about, and you said, don't you remember, that's what happened. At the, I didn't remember the Adam Warlock bit at the end of the first film. Yeah, yeah, he film. was in the end credits, yeah. Ah, yeah. right. Because the people that they were in shit with in the second film, mm. um, on top of, obviously, Star-Lord's dad, was those gold people. Yeah. The name of their race, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we found out that they're created by the High Evolutionary as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So in a weird way, although the High Evolutionary is a nasty fucker and deluded, uh, horrible. I mean horrible. Not, I mean really horrible. Really, with, really horrible. With a sort of face that's. I thought a really important, really interesting bit was when, um, when like, you know, Star Lord, Nebula, all of that lot were basically watching like a hologram of what happened to Raccoon when he was yes. torn apart and put back together again. The whole way through the last two films, Nebula is always talking about the torture that Thanos put her through. Um, and it was awful. But even she, when they were looking at the hologram of Raccoon, said, this is nothing like what yeah. Thanos... Like, this is way worse than what Thanos yeah, yeah, ever yeah, did yeah. to me. And I found that really, like... That shows you that this guy is actually Deep even trauma. more, like, Deep. fucking evil than yeah. Thanos. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that was clever because it was just written in script. Um, it was like a I mean? really quick line. She was just like, but that that mm. line's so important because mm. her whole character has been about mm. the torture and like mm. she's been through, and it was nothing compared to Raccoon's. I think that's just her. Oh, it's yeah. yeah, I mean, and there is one very. I mean, there was a couple of heartbreaking moments in this film, and there is a heartbreaking moment where I literally was holding Maddie's arm, going, "No, no, no," and then there was another moment, and I was going, "No, no, no," and I, 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 oh, I just couldn't bear it. There were moments where I was literally thinking, "I can't, I can't actually bear this. This is going to be. No, this is like really Han Solo." <laughs> dying this is i just... couldn't really watch or listen at one at point so i was literally like no really traumatizing a, a particular shout out to will porter he pitched it perfectly. yeah he was really pitched good. it absolutely perfectly adam as adam warlock uh, his relationship with his mum yeah it was really good and the... his relationship with the little pet that he took on i liked the he pet more than i liked the, the dog that pet was so cute. So, I was really worried about him the whole time. So. Yeah, and he worried like about all the animals. Yeah, loads of animals. If I had a, if I'm a bit, I, I thought he got a bit soppy, where it involved lots of children and lots of animals being freed. Uh, yes, I agree. I just felt it got. A I'd bit rather just the animals free than the children. I, I was waiting for a really dark joke about how annoying kids were. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was waiting for, it, especially when there was that moment where they're going jump, jump. Dom Jum, yeah, Dom Jum. and then suddenly Drax language. demonstrates he can speak. He's multilingual. I mean, that was so fun. Drax is a star. Um, the name of the actress who plays Mantis, Pom Clement. I, I love her. She's so brilliant. I love the moments when she kind of loses her shit and she's Absolutely. suddenly like, <laughs> she's just so amazing. What do you think of Zoe Saldana coming back? She was quite sort of austere. I mean, that was a character. She was sort of yeah. Gamora's always been like that. I think Zoe always plays a character as well. It's just more that the character Gamora is more. She's a bit of a miserable old cow, though. Isn't yeah, she? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, you, you sort of want to shake her. I've always found her the hardest to kind of like in yeah. all the films. Yeah, you sort of wonder why. Maybe that's why Star Lord's drawn to. I loved the bit where Star Lord was trying to chat up the woman in that kind of oh, yeah, bodily kind work. of shit, and it didn't work. And she was gorgeous, though. I loved her. She was oh, her face was pretty. Her yeah, face was brilliant. amazing. So Zoe Saldana, and of course Chris Pratt as Star Lord. I thought he. Yeah. Was, I thought he was excellent. He's always so good. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes I worry that perhaps with all the success that's spiralled from the first Guardians, has he slightly lost his sense of humour? Has he slightly become a bit too serious i don't think he's great in jurassic world and all those films um but i thought it was fantastic now hang on a minute groot van diesel van diesel gets to broaden his script and he says i love you guys i was sobbing i was sobbing 
I was a wreck in this film. Can I say something about Grit? I can't watch it again for a while, I don't no. think, because it really messed me up. I don't I like didn't like the design of Groot in this one. Oh, you don't like Chunky Groot? Don't like Chunky Groot. Oh, I found him cute. I like Ivy Groot. What? Rooty Groot. You know where there's lots of kind of lines going? Oh, I thought he was a bit really chunky. And also when he develops wings, I thought, nah. Really? Yeah, I didn't like that. Oh, I liked all of that. I thought it was awesome when they kind of infiltrated the ship, the high evolutionary, and he just like whipped out all the guns underneath his <laughs> Yeah, that wood. was nice. Oh, special shout out, because I hate CGI fights. I hate work. There was one particular fight. Which, oh, how they which shot so it. good. When they went back in to save the kids. At, yeah, yeah, and they were in that sort of tunnel room. Yeah, it was really well done. That I tell you what, that has scene. to. They need to, all the studios need, need to make a note of that scene. Because for me, and I think John Wick does this too. I keep hearing wonderful things about John the fight Wick's fight scenes. scenes are really good. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Um, is that what they do, which is so good. I don't remember in the early days of Marvel, we'd often come out of films going, it was great, but it was so fast, you couldn't really take it in. It was... And also a lot of the fight scenes in superhero films are just boring. It's just, it's just kind smash, of, the, it's, but also like, they don't do anything interesting no. with the camera work. No. It's all quite like, uh, 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 punch, punch, punch. But this was like, they were going. Beautiful. Yes, yeah, sort of really flowing camera. But Guardians of the Galaxy have always been the only ones that with the fight scenes I've still really enjoyed. Yeah. But yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, that it fight was really scene was really good. It was really one of the cool. best Marvel fight scenes I've ever seen. And, yeah. and you got a sense of being in it, but you weren't sort of held at arm's length because too much was going on slow-mo. Really innovative ways of killing people. I love death. It's just really weird. I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if this film had ended up being an 18. I think it's one of the goriest of the like superhero films I've seen in I, terms of like actual emotional yeah exactly well. and I noticed they use their they have an allowance don't they of being able to say fuck once and shit once and still keep it for kids right and I noticed they use that quite there was uh, that moment where they're getting in the car oh, and, oh yeah and Star <laughs> delivers the F word okay well again I mean I you know I a lot of reviews, as Maddie said before we did this, a lot of reviews have been quite average about it. I'm trying to work out what the Rotten Tomato I've, aggregate I've is, seen but... a lot of really bad, a lot of people saying that it did the classic Guardians of the Galaxy thing of forced humour. It's like, forced humour? I've never forced... felt the humour's forced. There's a lot of people in the comic book hero land that don't like just silly slapstick funny I mean, a lot of people example, are getting we were... angry because they think Marvel's just being turned into a joke because obviously the comics are a lot more serious. But I'm just like... Fucking yeah, but things like Doctor Strange and Ant-Man, I mean, I was expecting them to be funnier. I, I thought they became overly obsessed with process. and uh, I just, I totally disagree. I think you come to the Guardians of the Galaxy for humour. Yeah. And I think that Taika Waititi's iteration of Thor, you come to them for the slapstick and the humour and the yeah. surrealism and, and all of that. And I think obviously but I mean, even with Thor, I understand it a bit more because Thor started off being a more serious, Boring. more serious note. Yeah. Boring. But like, Guardians of the Galaxy has always been like, the first film was so hilarious. Like, yeah. I don't really understand people. But a lot of people said that it kind of felt very, messy didn't really know where it was ending up i think it was a bit saggy in the middle a i think the middle saggy. i think the like kind of end sequence was all a bit saggy. there was a moment before, it was the bit where they were releasing all you know the watts yeah and, and I, there was about didn't care about 10 the kids. to 15 I know it sounds minutes awful, but I, didn't care about I didn't i found the kids really annoying i just thought come on let's have a come on james gunn you'd have had a joke here back in the day you'd have they'd have all gone oh no let's not but of course you can't it's disney it's the mouse house and all uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, i'll tell you what my top tip for marvel would be before we sum up would be I think Marvel need to not necessarily undo all that they've got planned for the next 86,000 years for phase five to 36. I think Marvel need to take a leaf out actually out of DC's book where they've stepped with the Batman, with Joker, Joker 2. They need to start creating almost a label within the label or a studio within the studio right, of, right, yeah. of genuinely 
dark adult orientated Marvel stuff because yeah. I think it will keep Marvel fans happier Yeah, because there is darkness in there to be had and I think or just the more emotional side of exactly. things which obviously this one did a lot of yeah, so yeah. Was, yeah. and finally okay well we'll do it so, so let's sum up and give it a score go on Matt do you want to go so obviously I went in very excited um, I was expecting <laughs> I was definitely expecting some sadness because that's what the trailers have been teasing up for I was expecting you know a death um, but I didn't expect it to be that sad and that dark uh, I know I keep saying it was dark, but it really was. I was really surprised by like how far they took it. Um, you went into I'm... the intense psychology of Rocket. It really does. Yeah, it, it really did. Does. But just that animal, like I'm an animal lover and I can't watch animals be treated. Like it was really messing me up. Mm. So I was sobbing pretty mm. much all the way through this film. Mm. I thought I didn't feel it for one second that the humour was forced. It was classic Guidance of the Galaxy yeah, humour. It made us laugh. Um, I just love how all of the characters somehow managed to develop more and more with each film, even mm. though you don't think it's possible. Um I, the only thing I can ever say about the Guardians of the Galaxy is I just wish there was more of them and their kind of quarrels and their banting and yeah, bantering and all of that kind of stuff. Um, there were definitely saggy moments in it. Um, I think the first Guardians of the Galaxy film, honestly, in my opinion, didn't have any sagginess at all. I thought it was like perfect. The second one had a little bit and I feel like this one's had the most, but mm, nothing mm, that made me like mad at it or nothing yeah. that made me... I, I don't feel bored. I just at moments felt like you didn't have to do that mm. or you could have done it like this type thing. Um, soundtrack, all the tracks were amazing yet again. And like Dad said, I love the nostalgia of the first film mm. and the first song in the first film. Um, honestly, I just loved every second of it even when it was depressing me um so i think i would have to score this film and the villain villain was amazing um and the villain's been good in all three again yeah. again always been rich and it's villainy so Who's i'm the villain in number two uh star lord's dad oh, uh, God, of course what's his name kurt russell kurt russell yeah. Oh, yeah um i'm gonna have to score it a 99 Boom, boom, 99. And the only reason it's not 100 is because of the animal people. With the Here's a killer question for you. If you had to rate the three in order of preference, what would it be? First one's always going to be my favourite. I'm probably going to have to do first favourite, second favourite, and then the third one. One, two, my... three. Yeah. yeah, but even then, they're all really close. Yeah. Like, first is 100, and I'd say the... Last two have been 99. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I kind of agree with almost everything you say there, really. Um, I did feel, actually, at one point, or a couple of points, where this did get saggy, that the very thing James Gunn was critical of superheroes for actually happened, which was, to, you know, spaceshipy stuff. When Whenever I see spaceshipy whatever going on, and it, it only has to be on screen for five or six minutes, I think I would have much rather had four or five more minutes, like you said, of interaction between these wonderfully developed characters. Mm. I mean, to, to, to have so many well-developed, drawn-out characters in a group, or in, in quite a large group, so a little, a little bit like the Avengers, you know, is really quite an achievement and quite a skill. Yeah. So that you and, and to have such variety in amongst them, and yet they're all sort of brought together. And to love them all. And to <laughs> love them all. And I got a real sense, uh, you know, again, at the point that, you know, something else sort of tragically happens in terms of the group towards the end. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, no, you know, we've got to keep this band together. You can't, you can't let this band fall apart and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I felt a real sense of affection and connection. For me, I felt almost emotional because, for me, this has been a franchise that has sat with you since the age of almost 10, 11, yeah. up until now. Now. And so for me, it was weird because you're now blossoming into this woman. And I thought, this is the end of my No, parenting. stop. I don't want to um, meet you. No, this is the end of my Marvel parenting. <laughs> um, so I loved it. I was pleasantly surprised by Star-Lord. I loved Nebula, Karen Gillan, um, Mantis. Dra they all delivered what I wanted. But I genuinely mean it when I say I've never thought I would argue that you need to have somehow 
whether it's Bradley Cooper or the CGI operators of that of, of Rocket, need to be nominated for something because there's no. so much going on no, in his honestly, eyes. Honestly, so much so going much. on. Lots of lovely and set pieces. And the otters' pieces. eyes. And the otters' eyes. Yeah, lots of lovely set pieces. Brilliantly original fights. I just think shave ten to fifteen minutes off. I think Counter Earth was bad. Yeah. And my biggest biggest guilty pleasure on this was the villain he was, yeah, he really so, was good. so good i can't tell you how, how stressed and the out. fact he had his skin like oh, stapled on because rocket had oh, ruined his face yeah fabulous stuff fabulous stuff so i what would i give it i would give this because i slightly more felt the bagginess than you i'd give this 98 oh. pretty close okay still a high school still a high school i'd fully recommend it <laughs>